50,000, like a Blasian couple. It was one of my earlier weddings, which I, I feel like the work is not my super, super most amazing. But I'm like, what about this is connecting? And you sort of go and you look at the comments and you see where is it being reposted and why and what is it about this that's making people get excited? of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's guest is Petronella of Petronella Photography, and we're chatting all about strategies for connecting with your ideal client. Petronella has an incredible background. She was born in Uganda, moved to the States from Zimbabwe, has an MBA and an undergraduate degree in chemical engineering, and she's worked with big brands like CoverGirl, Advil, and Splenda. All this before becoming a wedding and marriage proposal photographer, specializing in helping multicultural couples celebrate their love in a modern way. We dig into how Petronella figured out who she wanted to serve, and then she shares steps for figuring out that in your own business. But before we get to the episode, if you're revisiting your website this season, we have stuff for you to check out. Head on over to giveaway.davyandkrista.com for your chance to win a website template. You can find all the details over at giveaway.davyandkrista.com. Be sure to check out the show notes at davyandkrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands at Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes you've enjoyed most so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now, on to the episode. Petronella, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have a fellow podcaster here with me uh, this morning. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. We met at the United Conference and I remember being like, ah, I seem like a good, good people to get to know. So yeah, well, I really enjoyed our, the conversation that we had while we were at United together and you're actually East coast as well too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Based out of the New Jersey, New York area. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, like where we meet, we meet on the opposite side of the country, <laughs> even though we probably live a couple hours from each other. Exactly. Cause you guys are in Maryland, right? Yeah. 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 That's right. There's so much to dig into here today, but really what we're going to focus on are strategies on how to attract your ideal client, but you have such an interesting story. And I really want to start there. And one thing that we do in each episode, is we take a little bit of time to hear our guest uh, entrepreneurial story. But I want, to, I want to back up even a little bit before that. And I just want to go through a couple of these things. I mean, you were born in Uganda. You mm-hmm. lived in uh, Zimbabwe until you were 10 years old and mm-hmm. then and before you moved to the States. And you have, a, you have your education, your background is chemical okay. engineering and you have an MBA. I mean, yeah. and that's not even, we'll talk about your <laughs> photography credentials here in a second, because those are just as impressive, especially some of the stuff you've been doing lately. I mean, 
worked on the cover of Rainfinder magazine, right? And named one of 30 rising stars in wedding photography. So there's plenty to talk about there. But can we back up a little bit? You know, like what was it like moving countries at, at 10 years old? Great question. It was keeping it real. It was tough. It's tough. It's tough to immigrate from another country. I would say, especially as an upcoming teenager, 10 years old, trying to fit in. And we moved to Birmingham, Alabama, which is very black and white and very (laughs) not down with foreigners. And so it was just a hard experience. My parents were very much like, we will hold on to our Ugandan tradition. We will like everything, but it was completely opposite to what American tradition was about completely, just completely different in every single way. And so that actually, yeah, that shaped who I was because I ended up being like, my parents aren't cool. And this whole, like eating this kind of food and all these traditions that we have, that's not cool. And that's not helping me be accepted by, you know, my friends and family at, well, friends in in high school. So I didn't tell anyone my last name. I kind of abandoned that part of myself just to get acceptance in high school, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back to middle school and high school and how I thought that was challenging. (laughs) You know, I can't even imagine (laughs) moving across the world, especially to, you know, it's not like moving from Canada to the US either. You know, like you're, it's, (laughs) it's completely, it's completely different. And so, but you, but you have re-embraced a lot of that, right? Since. Yeah. I'm proud to be Ugandan American. Yeah. Very, very proud. But I wasn't always that way. I never told people my last name. I think you can hear it in my voice. I know people will be like, what? She looks black. And you know, <laughs> like, I talk white. I do. Keeping it real. Yeah. So now I, I'm pretty, I love myself. I love my hair. I'll sometimes wear African print attire. And I love helping other people celebrate their heritage and their cultural background. Because I know for so many people coming into different environments, you have to repress that part of yourself to make it work and to make others feel comfortable. And I feel like on your wedding day, you know, you should celebrate it like loud yeah. and clear and I embrace it and I love it. So yeah, and I think that's probably a good segue to start talking about your your entrepreneurial journey specifically. When did that start? I mean, it sounds like in college, having a degree in chemical engineering, right? Uh, or having a background in chemical engineering. Sounds like maybe photography wasn't on the radar. Oh, <laughs> no. So I definitely have, if you know, immigrant parents, they're all of, there's like four careers that you're allowed to have it's <laughs> an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, like get the last one, but those are only acceptable things. Sure. Sciences, hard sciences. And my parents are in math and science hard. So did the engineering thing. And then my parents were like, gotta get a second degree. I have to get a second degree. It's just like, you have to. It's just like, if you understand if like in the immigrant culture, if you get that, it's all about education and, you know, just go get the best and do, do, do. So I got an MBA, did that, but I always had a love for photos. I'm pretty shy, quiet person in, in real life. And my way of sort of expressing myself is through my photos. So I think it was while I was working at Pfizer on Advil, Brandon, one of my coworkers was like, oh, come to Mexico and shoot our wedding. And she had seen a little bit of my work, just my play sort of like, let me just take photos of random things. And yeah, shot her wedding and was like, whoa, like (laughs) my heart was like, I love this. I love it, love it, love it. How can I do it more? And oh, Pfizer, Wyeth was merging with Pfizer. So I got laid off and something planned. I was like, oh, I don't like this feeling. We got to figure out how to make photography full time. So I began to slowly figure things out. How does a camera work? All that good stuff. And then 
one day got the opportunity to just jump and jumped and, and, you know, <laughs> now here I am doing photography, loving it. Took my parents a long time to sort of transition from seeing it as a hobby. They were like, so are you using that engineering degree? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> how, how does that work in, you know, photography? And I'm like, I am, I am. I, I think differently as a creative. So, yeah. And, you know, you had mentioned uh, Pfizer there, and I know you worked with uh, other, you worked with CoverGirl, it looked like Splenda, you worked with some uh, consumer goods within marketing. So, I mean, you just have, you just have a, a crazy expansive background, but I'm sure, I'm sure on some level. So while you might not be using the chemical engineering stuff within photography, does that MBA help at all as you were starting your business? Yes, it did. It's, it's such a weird animal because I'm like, I understand the principles like four P's, like Porter's forces, you know, all that good uh -huh. stuff, distribution, pro yeah, all that good stuff. So I knew those principles coming in and I knew that I needed to have a very clear vision. So in terms of structuring my business and setting it up and having a clear vision, I think that's where it helped a lot. I will very clearly say I've always sought additional resources, mentors, because when you're so close to your baby, you can't see things, right? You're like, yeah. why doesn't everyone love my thing? I love it, you know? That background together with just amazing, phenomenal people who have come into my life has really sort of helped shape the brand. Yeah, I, I love that insight on coaching too. I think that's important for everybody here is that there needs to be trusted outside outside voices gosh, that speak yeah. into your business that can, <laughs> you know, like in the emperor's new clothes, be able to just call you out on your uh, in, on your yes. BS, you know? So I am so glad that, that you mentioned that. And talking about just getting super specific in your business, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here. But first, uh, before we get to that, actually, I want to mention one more thing. Can you tell people a little bit about your podcast. And I, and I just want to bring that up because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to wait till the end and, you know, I want people to, uh, to hear about it. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. 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 So just so people understand. So I'm a wedding and marriage proposal photographer who specializes in helping multicultural couples celebrate their love in a modern way. Do that. Love it. It's awesome. Now I started a podcast because I share all these beautiful, pretty images of people like, yay, we got married and I'm of this culture or this faith and we're coming together. And I felt like there may be a need for people to further understand, well, how do those people get come together and how do they make their relationship work? And so that's where the idea for the podcast came in is, you know, after the wedding day, what is it like when you're Muslim and he's Christian or, you know, he's white and I'm Southern, like whatever, African, whatever coming together. How does that work? Does it even matter? But yeah, I kind of feel like right now we're in a part of culture and life where people maybe look at different people and don't see see differences and they don't see similarities. And when you listen to some of the stories of the people on the I Am Multicultural podcast, you see that we are very different, but at the end of the day, love, family, connection, it's all the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And so uh, where can people find that? You can go to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, awesome. all of it. I am multicultural. Yeah. I am multicultural. Shout out. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely wanted to mention that. Definitely wanted Thank to mention you. that. Uh, especially since, you know, and that was a perfect segue because I have this written down, what you do, wedding and marriage proposal photographer who specializes in helping multicultural couples celebrate their love in a modern way. And that's just, it's very specific. You know, you yeah. like 
right away, I think people understand either, you know, this person is somebody that uh, is for me or not for me. They understand exactly what you do. So I want to understand how do you get to a point in your business where you've defined this? You know, how do you go about defining that sort of statement that I think immediately either resonates with people or don't? And it's okay that it doesn't resonate with some people, mm-hmm. right? Because there's people out there that you're trying, that you, you know, you, you don't want to attract, right? You want to attract your ideal client. So can you walk us through the steps of what that looks like? Yeah. So identifying your ideal client, that's, I think, I think it starts from marrying together. First of all, just identifying your strengths. What are you good at? What do people continuously come to you for? There are different paths to get there. And then thinking about what sort of like, who do you gravitate to and who do you enjoy working with and what problems are they having? And then sort of bringing that together. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say, like, I guess one of the things that's important to kind of say at the outset about this statement did you have this statement from the very beginning of your business? Like day one, did you have this, this is, you know, what you knew you wanted to do? Oh gosh, no. Yeah, yeah. no. And I think- <laughs> No, you walk in like, hi, my name is- <laughs> Yeah, I'm a marriage and wedding pro, you know, and, and, and I just asked it because I think that's important for people to realize too, because I think some people use the whole ideal client thing as a way to, it's almost as an excuse like not to get started, right? Because, oh, I need to figure out exactly who I'm for and, you know, I need to come up with like a really creative uh, niche or this or that. But at least for me, when we were first getting started shooting, it took a while. And I think there was people Mm -hmm. that we ended up working with that I thought would be our ideal couple Mm -hmm. or our ideal client. Mm -hmm. And I find this even Mm -hmm. in design too. People who I think that... Is going. They're going to be an ideal client for us, and they end up not being that ideal client, you know. And that and that's a learning process, right? So, what did that look like for you early in your business? How did you get to this ideal client being multicultural couples who want to celebrate their love in a modern way? Oh, great question. So, it started off hotmess.com. <laughs> it was like, please hire me, please, 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 please. It started out very foolishly, like. I remember I took out a, I forget how much I paid, maybe $60, $80 to put an ad in a newspaper. Cause I was like, I want everyone who gets married in my town. I want them. Like I want, them. and it's funny cause having an MBA, I'm like, girl, that is no, <laughs> <laughs> come on now. Like, and that's where being so close to your, your company. So put out an ad, got no hits, no one called, no one, like nothing happened. And I went back and I sort of thought about it and I was kind of like, I started thinking, I thought about, so like on the Advil and all the other brands I had worked on, one thing that they do, the first thing that you do when you're sort of thinking about who to target is you sort of sketch out your ideal client. What do they do? Who did, where do they shop? What do they look like? And you come up with a name, like sort of like an avatar. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I was like, well, let me just start there. And I had a Marisol, Mariella, I had... A couple of different people that I was like, I think I would like to work with these people. And I really, I was like, oh, she likes shopping here. These are her favorite brands. This is all this stuff. So I came up with sort of that sort of framework. And then I started testing it out and getting different people like that. Okay. She likes to, she likes to be on Pinterest four or five hours a day, or she likes this magazine. Okay. If this is the person I'm going for, will she really find her photographer in a newspaper? Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like she's hip and she's cool and she's gonna go to the newspaper. And I started really getting into her mind and really thinking about if I was her, what is she thinking about? What is where is she getting her information? 
And then I started to track, like I literally attracted some of my avatar people, if that makes sense. Like I do, do their weddings and I'm like, oh my God, she likes Kate Spade. That was on my like, you know, vision board of this is the girl I wanted to attract. And so I started seeing, okay, this, these are the common themes. And I started just sort of writing them out and realizing what those themes were across the people I enjoyed and did my best work with. So as far as that client avatar goes, I think one thing I hear you're saying is you went through that, figured out, okay, this is the kind of person that maybe is hanging out on Pinterest, but they're certainly not reading the, the classifieds in uh, in the newspaper, yeah. right? So how did that change the way you marketed your business? Like what channels do you now use within your business based on your client avatar? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So as you start, like when you really, you really have to put yourself in your mind of your client, like what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Where are they shopping? Why are they doing what they're doing? Because that's going to shape what you do and why you do it. So in the beginning, if you're trying to do everything, which I was trying to do, first of all, it's exhausting and annoying and it's not always, go it's not going to get your, like my ideal client actually is not on Pinterest. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's, you know, it's like, so now I know her very well, two reasons why, because I sort of put it out there. And then in my client intake calls, I ask people a lot of questions and I just listen. People will tell you like, how did you, you know, who did you hear me from? What are you looking at? Like, how are you making these decisions? And I'm just gathering information and looking for themes. But I want to talk about the client intake calls because I think a lot of people do all of their client intake over email. No, are you kidding me? I know, yeah. I well, so actually, for our photography business, that's that's one of the things we did. However, within the design and branding, our, our Davy and Krista business, I talk with nearly everybody on the phone before we ever before we ever book. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. Even in our photography business, at some point, we would do a consult call, you know, via video or something like that. If they were serious about moving forward, you know, there were a couple qualifying steps just to get there. But I do one of those, I guess. Uh, so I don't call it a client intake call. I call it a discovery call. I found them to be so valuable. Just Yo, in terms gold of gold mines, right? You know, gold like, mines. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious as to like, what are some of the themes and trends and, and lessons that you've picked up from doing those? It, you know, because I think this is a good encouragement for people who right now maybe are doing everything over email. There's just people, when people are left to talk, they say extra stuff, right? Yes. You say less, you I think, over email. Exactly. You hear things, you hear fears, hopes, dreams. And something that I'm so passionate about, even more so now, is you need to understand how people speak and think and, and then take that language and put position it in a way that you can attract them. So, for example... Earlier in my business, I had clients come to me and they're like, Petronella, we love your work. It's great. You know, like we, this is the client call. And, um, you know, have you done weddings in the dark? Like my church is kind of like dark and, you know, and so I continue to listen. Like what, what else is going on with you? Like my church is dark. Oh my God, I'm worried. My mom is really, you know, she's very XYZ culture and it's very loud and brash and can you handle that? Have you dealt with that? You know, and so you start hearing, oh my gosh, fear number one. She's, I'm putting out images which are light, bright, airy, whatever it is. And now she doesn't think I can do this. I need to, you know, communicate that in my sales pitch or whatever that, you know, I get her. Oh my God, she's of this culture and she needs to know that I get her and that when I see her family and their, the way they are, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I can't handle this. Or does that make sense? And so yeah, absolutely. knowing that in this final sales pitch, I'm like, 
hey, here are examples of fear number one, and here's examples of fear number two. Like, you know, I get that. And also just making sure in my work and in the language that I use in different forms of communication, I'm immediately addressing all of that. So when somebody sees that, it's like, you get me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the work sells itself to a little bit, but at the end of the day, language, I think, is so important yeah. in sort of attracting people and being like, you know, yeah. I have yeah. a friend who's selling a workshop right now, which I, and he's phenomenal, awesome. But I remember going to the website and being like, this is not for me. Like, just the language is very outdoors, like strong man. And I was like, I know what he's about, but I just was like, I don't think that's for me, you know? Yeah. So language is powerful. Anyway, I think I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I, that's, that's all. That's exactly what I wanted to, uh, wanted to hear and, and wanted to uh, discuss a little bit because I think people just talk so much more during a client intake call. It's so much easier to figure out what fears they have. And, you know, after, after 10, 15 of those calls, you're going to pick up, I think on common themes, common fears yes! among the people that you're working with. And like you said, this allows you to then go back to some of the materials that maybe they see before they ever book you and make sure that you're addressing some of those there. Exactly. Exactly. And it certainly helps, I think, on the call then to know, okay, you know, I'm going to get on the phone with this person and I, and I have a feeling that they're going to bring up these things. And so I'm going to have either responses or examples ready, or just even the way that I frame my services, I'm going to talk about them in a way so that this person understands I can deal with these things. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Which leads to your earlier question as to how did I develop my tagline to specialize in multicultural couples, celebrate their love in a modern way. Big thing with multicultural couples, because I know it my, myself in terms of just managing different traditions is you want to marry together the different traditions, but you're also new and hip and cool. So you don't want like something old. So modern, I know is like a huge keyword for them. So yeah, every single word in there is like very love, specifically celebration. Like celebrate is there for a reason because that's what people con continuously said. So yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. So as far as you get, you know, so you uh, you identify your ideal client, you put yourself in the mind of that client, you research them, you actually go through the process of creating that client avatar, and I. And, you know, for people listening, I think sometimes we think, oh, that's just like a, a silly activity that us small business people are told to do. <laughs> you know, what, what you said earlier, Petronella, about Advil. I mean, all the Advil, brands do yeah, it. They go Listen, through. Swiffer, like literally every brand. Yes. They go through Sorry. this process and they, no, no, they go through this process and they, they understand who their, their ideal client is in a, in a more specific way than just, oh yeah, I think it's like this kind of person broadly, you know, no, they actually have names for these people. Mm -hmm. And you can come up with more than one client avatar, but you need to know exactly who you're speaking with. So I think just so insightful there to understand that these big brands who spend millions of dollars on things like client research go through that process. As a, you know, service-based local business, we need to do that as well. Yeah. So can I add one, oh, one yeah, thing go ahead. to that? Absolutely. Because I know everyone is in different phases of their business. I'm sure there might be people who haven't gotten those clients and they're like, well, I don't really have work to, to show for it. And I would say, find somebody, everyone knows someone who just recently got married. If it's somebody that you're like, oh my God, I loved that person's wedding. I would love to be a part of them. Call them up, talk to them. How did you make the decisions you made? Why did you make these decisions? Really listen to their language. 
this this is so important if you haven't attracted that person you wanted. But as you listen, you'll quickly, I've been doing this for a little bit longer and I'm still doing it. We're actually going through a lot of research now because I'm looking to attract a different kind of multicultural client. And I'm like, okay, what are they thinking? What do they need? So anyway, regardless of where you are in your business, it works. Yeah, just I, call I think, someone up, take them out to coffee. It's easy. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great encouragement. And like you said, you know, most likely you know somebody. You know, if you're getting into uh, to wedding photography or whatever service service it is, you most likely know somebody who has has used a, a comparable service in your area. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, actually getting together with that person and and really listening to what they're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think is helpful. I also want to point out that I really appreciate the fact that this is something that you're continuing to do in your business. You know, it's not something that you do once and then it's over. You know, like I said no. about, you know, early in our <laughs> business, the kind of couple that we thought we wanted to work with ended up not really being that couple. Um, and mm-hmm. you only get there through trial and error, but actually exactly. doing work, you know, exactly. And even I would say, you know, like, I think this carries over into other areas of business as well. Like our website, you know, one thing that we do and specialize is in is search engine optimization, you know, and each year we, we make at least one major update to our site, just, you know, maybe in terms of user, just, user mm-hmm. experience or website structure or something like that. And we feel really good about it, you know, but by the end of that year, right, we're at a point yeah. where we're like, okay, we need to, we need to reevaluate some of these things. We need to go back to do some of those things. So I think it's one of those things where it's important just to do the work and realize that, hey, this is going to be, this is imperfect, but still worth mm-hmm, doing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's always, there's so much to learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So next strategy, talking about what, what problem of your ideal client do you solve? So what client, what problems do you feel like your business solves when it comes to your ideal clients? And we talked a little bit about already, I guess, how to identify those problems through things like these calls. I'm sure through just the experience of working with them on their wedding days as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. But how do you communicate that to your clients? So depending on what problem is, like one thing for me, one so that's so big with my clients is just understanding their skin tones and editing it really well, because my client, it really matters that they look like themselves and they don't look... Like you can see them. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. And I am good at that. Like, <laughs> yeah, the team and I go above and beyond from shooting to meeting people to actually processing the images to really nail that because that is so, so important. So I would say that shows up in the images I share. I know people get on the phone and they're like, oh my God, how do you edit? The people look like they're supposed to look like, and I'm like, yes, nailing that. I, and I probably need to, we'll talk about this SEO terms in terms of just SEOing against that, because I know that's going to pull in more people. I know in the language and some of the emails that are, it's communicated, but really also in the final sales pitch after that person has talked and said, Hey, this is, I'm like, okay, just, just to let you know, this is what we're really, really good at. If that's not a fit for you, you know, that's okay. But saying it again, look, I'm really, really good at this. Cause I know it's in the, in the back of their head. So. Yeah. And like, what are some ways that you communicate all of that to them? Is it mostly over kind of the client intake call or is it through other means? Like, do you have any tips on, you know, the, the language that you use with clients? Great question. So this kind of maybe goes back a little bit to my marketing background is it has to be a 360 experience, if that makes sense, because people need a couple of different touch points to make a decision about you. 
So it's on Instagram in the land. Oh gosh, Instagram. My client is on Instagram. So we like, I go hard on Instagram. Like the images you see, the language that's used. I think if you don't get it, you don't get it. Does that make sense? You look at the image and be like, oh, that's cute. I wonder why. All right. Well, that's kind of weird that she has the Mona Lisa in the background. But if you get it, like my clients into Beyonce, they came up with a new song. There was a Mona Lisa, the way they're positioned, like, yeah, like everything the, the, is either, like, either that I get you. <laughs> yeah, you understand the illusion of that, you know, in that photo or you don't. But how powerful is that, right? Like that, you know, that's exactly what that's kind of the response you want, right? Is somebody who gets sees that and gets really excited about it because they understand it versus somebody who just looks at an image and it's just like, "Man, I mean, that's a good, you know, that's a good image, but it's, you know, there's nothing, there's no necessarily wow factor to it." You know, so Yeah, yeah. So imagery, copy, and in every single communication, every single touch point, whether it's in the client intake, it's on Instagram or wherever you're marketing, Facebook or whatever, it just needs to be the same point hammered because once you, I want to say like hit them on, on a 360, like they get you and they'll either love you or they won't. And So I guess a follow up to that would be like, what, what are the channels that you're showing up on to provide kind of this 360 degree experience? So for me, my big thing, Instagram is huge and everything. (laughs) Oh my God, Instagram. Okay. So Instagram, it's the imagery, it's the copy I use, and it's the exact time I post. Does that make sense? So sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, this popular show with my ideal client is on. They're not going to see my post. They're going to be watching that show. So I'll wait, either post it before or post it after. Sure. It's a little cray cray, but no, but you know exactly what, you know, who you're trying to speak to. Yeah. Yeah. So Instagram is big right now. Vimeo and YouTube are coming up as big. So that's something I'm going to push a little bit more next year. Um, and that's where they're searching. My client hasn't yet been on, like I tried Pinterest, but they're not really on it. So I'm kind of like not putting a lot of effort there. And so can we talk about Vimeo and YouTube? Like in what mm-hmm. ways do you feel like clients are showing up there just doing research and, and things like that? Is that how you plan on, you know, yeah, uh, ex- expanding YouTube into? YouTube is like this number two behind Google in terms yeah. of a search term. And for me, because I have multicultural clients with very specific cultures and I know what's important to them. So like Haitian, rob them, like certain terms I know. So I will add them in the, in the title. Does that make sense of the whatever? And people are searching for that because they're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a key part of my wedding and my videos, you know, like my yeah. video, you know, it's just like a, a photo slideshow and, you know, but I know what moments they're looking for. So those slideshows sort of highlight some of those moments a little bit more, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. So, so you, you're Ugandan Kwanjala. I'm Ugandan. Not a lot of people like Kwanjala is a very specific ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so I put that out and people are like, oh my God. You know, so, so, and you yeah. put that out via like blog posts or also like all, all over the place, blog posts, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. I'll keep it real. I'm not the best at blogging, um, but I found Instagram and YouTube Okay. Gets people very quickly. Yeah. That's yeah. what are. So, so that's really I like to focus on so versus waste my time on ten different channels. So No, I think that makes I think that makes total sense. Uh, I think something that Krista would tell me is that I often uh 
I often probably spend too much time trying to be on every channel, but I've gotten a little bit better at focusing on like the things that I really do enjoy and the things that where I'm getting a lot of engagement, like such as the podcast, you know, doubling Mm -hmm. down on that, even Mm -hmm. going into 2019. But one thing that, you know, it's really interesting to uh, to hear you talk about YouTube for a number of reasons. One, we just had uh, Trina Little on here and she's a YouTube strategist and she talked about YouTube in 2019 and a lot of the opportunity uh, there. And so I've even been thinking about, you know, for what we do, I can totally see a use case for showing up on YouTube. And so that's one of our, one of the places we want to show up going forward in 2019. But, you know, I... I think I guess, you guys would do great, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I hope so. But uh, and I'm I'm kind of scared about it. I've talked in the past on the podcast about some of my fears around video, but I've gotten I've gotten over the fears mm. around you know podcasting and yes. stuff like that. So I, you're good too. <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, I really I really appreciate that. I feel like it's been a it's been a journey for sure. But to hear you talk about YouTube as well, and and because what we do is mostly b to b you know uh, business to business and, and whereas what you what you're doing with wedding photography it's business to consumer and mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to me here to hear also that there's opportunity on YouTube for people who are working with within an industry like wedding photography or a b2c uh, industry and I know some there absolutely is but uh, I guess in the wedding industry uh, specifically so that's that's awesome so for those who, who are listening who are wedding photographers or wedding pros you know I'm telling you take and a look at that you, YouTube like people are people these strategies still work like you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so take another look at YouTube in 2019. And we've just been, you know, I still think written blog posts get read. And I th- still think that there's value to having them for sure. And just blogging in general for, you know, wedding pros who are mostly going to be showing off images of their work. I think all of that is going to continue to be important. But I think that there's just more effective ways now of communicating with people. So again, fascinating to hear you talk about YouTube and Vimeo. Vimeo. So it's specifically, what ways do you want to use YouTube and Vimeo more going forward in 2019? Let's see. I would say I think we can do a better job of highlighting the different cultures, getting content out faster, closer to when events happen, I think is going to be crucial. And is it most of the content you're putting out in these video platforms like slideshow type stuff? Yeah, yeah. They're animated slideshows. Okay. Highlight that because we do go above beyond and, you know, so it's like an image and you look at it and then maybe the person's hand will wave a little or like, you know, yeah, it's. And you're keywording all these, um, like the keywords you're using are pretty intentional around cultural, different cultural ceremonies, uh, stuff like that, right? Yes. It's knowing what my client wants and what's important to them and then pulling against that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's an important distinction too to make because you're. it's not like you're posting to YouTube and just saying wedding slideshow. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, even Haitian like, weddings would be a step in the right. Yeah. yeah. Even, you know, using a keyword like Haitian weddings would be at least a step in the right direction, but you're, you're probably getting even more specific than that with yeah. your, with your titles. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. So how did you figure out, is it just, how do you figure out like a, a channel like YouTube and Vimeo is working for you? I mean, for me, I'm all about trial and error. I'm always trying new things and I I love guerrilla tactics. Like, yeah, the standard marketing, like advertising, put an ad here. Because I worked in that arena, I know it's harder to break through. So I'm always looking for different ways to sort of connect with people and be relevant. So yeah, that was not like a pre-planned, like I'm going to do this and it's going to be awesome. It was like, I tried it and I was like, oh my God, like we have one video with like, 
It's like 50,000, like a Blasian couple. It was one of my earlier weddings, which I, I feel like the work is not my super, super most amazing. But I'm like, what about this is connecting? Then you sort of go and you look at the comments and you see where is it being reposted and why and what is it about this that's making people get excited? And then you use that knowledge to sort of, okay, what if I tried this channel? What if I like, does this work? It's, it's a trial and error thing. That yeah, makes sense. but I really but always learning. Yeah, I'm really digging to like just the research and the reflection that goes into uh, each of these decisions. Because I think it's easy to throw spaghetti against the wall and then kind of say, oh, well, I think that works. So I'm going to do more of it and it really having not worked. So I, I do appreciate all the research and reflection that goes into some of the decisions that you've made. As far as the podcast goes, so I want to circle back to the podcast here as we uh, as we start to wrap up. Do you feel like your podcast is a nice way to continue almost engaging with the couples that you serve even beyond their wedding days? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I started the podcast kind of like, I just want to share stories and see where this goes. I think it'll be fun. As you know, launching a podcast is a lot of work. <laughs> but what I've learned, it's been so incredible. Like I actually have interviews with people around the world, people like I think we had a lady in Pakistan email and just say, oh my God, this is why this helped me. And as I'm thinking through this, I'm first of all, listening to the language. What are they resonating with and why? And how can I make it relevant to my client? If that makes sense. Like, why did yeah. they like the story? But also I'm hoping it's it's still new and I think it's a, more of a long-term strategy. But those people probably know other multicultural couples who are in different stages of the relationship. So maybe that might translate over into better connecting with my clients, but even just attracting more of the client that I love working with. Yeah. I, I think that's fascinating too. I mean, not only, I mean, it serves as content for so many purposes. Not only does it connect with the people that you've served, you know, and a way to uh, continue to speak into their lives uh, around stuff that they're probably still figuring out themselves. Mm -hmm. But like you said, now if they have friends that get married or perhaps this, your podcast is now top of mind for a couple that is planning on getting married. Maybe it acts as a, not only kind of bottom of the funnel, post funnel, you know, client enhance client experience enhancer almost, mm -hmm, but sort of mm -hmm. a top and f top of funnel driving more inquiries tool as well. So that's yeah, because people want to feel like I think some sometimes it's helped booked clients because it's made them feel like oh my god, there's somebody else like me. Like one girl, long distance, interracial, very very different cultures, and I was like oh, I interviewed someone like that. Check out this interview. This might help you as you're going through what you're going through right now and. I'd like to think that helps seal the deal, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, what's interesting too, is we just had, uh, uh, on, on the same day. So the episodes will really be released at different times and I'm not sure, uh, I can't remember what order, but I just had, uh, Natalie Frank on talking about growing a platform. And one of the things that we were talking about was kind of this why behind your business and mm. kind of this intersection or, you know, the juxtaposition of your why, you know, with the things that, yeah. with the life that you live and I love how all of that weaves together for you, you know, because yeah. it's, I think it's true. I think couples that go to your website and get to know you understand that it's more than you just like taking pictures of people like them, right? Exactly. You know, not you, you share a, you share a similar background to a certain extent, but then mm -hmm. also you care about, uh, you know, the issues that they care about even beyond the pictures themselves. And I think that goes such a long way. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My story, why I do what I do, why I get so oh, excited when I interact and talk to multicultural couples is because like, I'm like, I get it. I get what it's like to balance these different worlds and to, to figure out, okay, my parents want this tradition, but we're cool and modern and hip. And how do we marry those together? And I get it and I love it. And yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, I think that just uh, for those of you who have listened to some of our past episodes, you know, or it's Natalie's in particular, and now we're listening to this one, I think you're just such a great example of some of those principles that we talked about in that episode, which is about growing a platform, you know, kind of come to life, you know? So I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you about this. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I've loved this. So uh, a few things there are, I know you have a couple sponsors that, that make this kind of stuff possible for you just speaking and, uh, you know, from a platform. So I know you want to uh, give a shout out to them. And then also we absolutely want to know where can people follow along, learn a little bit more about your business and, and listen to your podcast. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Petronella photography is where you find me. I'm one of the only, yeah, only one right now just got that trademark. Woo! <laughs> Petronella Photography on Instagram, Facebook, all the, you know, common social media platforms. The podcast is I Am Multicultural Podcast. And next year, I have a couple speaking engagements coming up, which I'm super excited about. Regardless of where you are, come to one of these. Maybe not to see me, but because there's so many amazing other people there who are going to be speaking. But in New York, the BNH Depth of Field Conference, I'm speaking at that. Drum roll, I'm speaking at WPBI. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, woo, woo. Okay. Yes. I'll be speaking at Inspire Photo Retreats, which was another conference which I started at very early in my business and it's just been so helpful, a nice intimate environment to really learn and connect with other people. I'm speaking at Tamaya Colvin's The Photo Cookout in New Orleans, yeah, which her good I think things. is going to be fun, good times. And she's amazing in terms of what she's doing for the industry. And yeah, so anyway, yeah. If you, you feel like, where is all of that? Go to Instagram, click on the link. It, there's a link on there, which you know, there's a couple of discounts. WPPI has like a 15%. Go ahead and click in there and a free expo pass. So yeah, I want to meet you. Free so. expo pass. Yeah. That sounds good. Free. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again for just spending your time, uh, especially here. We're recording this right before the holidays. So I know it's a busy time of year. I'm excited for people to be able to sit down and listen to this episode. Uh, so thanks again for your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for allowing me to have this time to share my story and to help others. I am. Yeah, I, it was a very fun, exciting conversation. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com. 